Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Man Member by Avram Goldhar and today Mazakas Yavamnas Daf Kuf Yud Ches, the 15th Paraka Isha. So the three topics are going to focus on number one, the mission on the bottom of Daf Kuf Yud Zainam Abay stated regarding two Tsars who were overseas with their husband and then returned. Achos Omer's Mace, the Achos Omer's Lomace. If one of the wives said regarding her husband he died and the other one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect her ksuba, and the one said that he did not die may not marry nor collect her ksuba. The Gemara says that this implies that the second Tsara could not marry because she said something, but if she were to remain quiet, she could marry based on the first Tsara's testimony. But it was taught in the Mishnah, a Tsara cannot testify for her fellow Tsara that the husband died and that she's permitted to remarry. The Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsara saying he did not die was needed to teach us something. As well, she explains, it's obvious that she cannot get married even if she were silent. However, we might have thought that the second Tsara knows that the husband is dead. But she said, he did not die, because she intends to ruin the first tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain in Laguna, even though she's hurting herself as well. And she's saying, like Shimon said, let my soul die with the plishtim. Therefore, the mission is teaching that in this case, the second tsara can still not remarry. Point number two, the third mission on the daf states, If one was Mekadosh, one of five women, and does not know which one he was Mekadosh, and each one says, He was Mekadosh, me. He gives a get to each one and places a ksuba payment between them and withdraws, according to Rabbi Tarifim. The Mepharshim explained that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places, so to speak, the money before them in basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to ksuba. Rabbi Kiva says, This way will not get him out of doing an avera until he gives a get and the ksuba payment to each and every one. Nebuchadnezzar brings a similar case where one stole from one of five people, but doesn't know from whom he stole, and each person claims he stole from them. Ritarfan holds, He places, so to speak, the stolen object between them and withdraws, and Rabbi Kiva says that this will not take him out of doing an event until he pays the value of the stolen object to each of the claimants. The Gemara will explain each of the positions and why both cases were brought. Point number three, Ravina said to Rabbah, If one grants a get to his wife through a third party in a place, where there's strife between the husband and the wife, what's the halacha? Do we say that since there's strife between them, it's a schusvara, and the call is zakim la'ad mishalobafana, one can act on behalf of someone's benefit in their absence, or do we say her physical comfort is better for her, and the divorce is not a schusvara, even though there's a conflict? The Gemara answers and brings a proof that a woman always prefers to remain married, even with strife. For Rachel Akish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a typical marriage than to be single. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission on the bottom of Daf Kuf Yud Zayin Amabe stated, regarding two sorrows who were overseas with their husband and then returned, Akhlas Omer's Mez, Va'akhlas Omer's Lomez, if one of the wives said, regarding her husband, he died, and the other one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect Ksuba, and the one who said he did not die may not marry nor collect Ksuba. The Gemara says that this implies that the second Tsara could not marry because she said something, but if she were to remain quiet, she could marry based on the first Tsara's testimony. But it was taught in the Mishnah, a Tsara cannot testify for her fellow Tsara that the husband died and that she's permitted to remarry. The Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsara saying he did not die was needed to teach us something. As well, she explains, it's obvious that she cannot get married even if she were silent. However, we might have thought that the second Tsara knows that the husband is dead. But she said he did not die because she intends to ruin the first tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain in Laguna. And she's saying, like Shimon said, let my soul die with the plishtim. 
Therefore, the mission is teaching that in this case, the second Sara can still not remarry. Point number two, the third mission on the Daf states, Kiddush Achaz Machamish Nashim, Be'eni De Ezi Kiddush. If one was Mekadosh, one of five women, and does not know which one he was Mekadosh, and each one says, Osi Kiddush, he was Mekadosh me. He gives a get to each one and places a ksuba payment between them and withdraws, according to Rabbi Tarifim, the Mepharshim explain that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places, so to speak, the money before them in basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to ksuba. Rabbi Kiva says, This way will not get him out of doing an avera until he gives a get and the ksuba payment to each and every one. Nebuchadnezzar brings a similar case where one stole from one of five people, but doesn't know from whom he stole, and each person claims he stole from them. He places, so to speak, the stolen object between them and withdraws, and Rabbi Kiva says that this will not take him out of doing an event until he pays the value of the stolen object to each of the claimants. The Gemara will explain each of the positions and why both cases were brought. Point number three, Ravina said to Rabbah, If one grants a get to his wife through a third party in a place where there's strife between the husband and the wife, what's the halacha? Do we say that since there's strife between them, it's a schusvara, and the call is one can act on behalf of someone's benefit in their absence, or do we say her physical comfort is better for her and the divorce is not a schus for her, even though there's a conflict? The Gemara answers and brings a proof that a woman always prefers to remain married, even with strife. For Rachel Lakish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a difficult marriage than to be single. All right, so now we go to our simmer daf kufiyot ches, and our standard simmer is kichel. Kichel. So here goes. When the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kichel. And even though he always complained that kichel wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. So once again, slow motion. When the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichel, kichel, that must be more enough. Kufiyot ches. When the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichel, and the second one said he did not die, which reminds us the mission on the bottom of Daf Kufiyot Zainam Abay stated regarding two Tsars who were overseas with her husband and then returned, if one of the wives said regarding her husband he died and then one said he did not die, the one who says he died may marry and collect Ksuba, and the one who said he did not die may not marry nor collect Ksuba. The Gemara answers that the case of the second Tsar saying he did not die was needed, for we might have thought that the second Tsar knows that the husband is dead. But she said he did not die because she intends to ruin the first tsara, hoping that she'll have to remain an aguna, even though she's hurting herself as well. And she's saying, like Shimon said, let my soul die with the plishtim. Therefore, the Mishnah is teaching that in this case, the second tsara can still not remarry. So when the tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die... Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with Kechel, which reminds us the third mission on the Daf states, Kiddush Akhaz Machamish Nashim, Kiddush, if one was Makadish, one of five women does not know which one he was Makadish, and each one says, Osi Kiddush, he was Makadish me, he gives a get to each one and places a super payment between them and withdraws a coin to Rabbi Tarf. The Mephoshim explained that he doesn't literally place the money between them, but rather he places the money before them in Basin and challenges each one to prove that she's the one who's entitled to Ksuba. Rikiva says, this way will not get him out of doing an avera until he gives a get and the ksuba payment to each and every one. 
A similar case is brought regarding a man who stole from one of five people and can't remember who, and they all claim that he stole from them. So when the Tsars came back from overseas, and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kechel, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kechel. And even though he always complained that Kirchel wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. Which reminds us that Gamora taught that if one grants a get to his wife through a third party in a place where there's strife between the husband and the wife, it's not as close for the wife. As Rishokish said, It's better to live as two bodies than to live alone. A woman prefers to stay in a typical marriage than to be single. So once again, when the Tsars came back from overseas and the first wife said her husband died from eating too much herring and kichol, and the second one said he did not die, Basin recalled how this man was Makadish, one of five women with kichol. And even though he always complained that kichol wasn't crispy enough, his wives preferred to stay married to him instead of being single. All right, now it's time for four blah Chazara. Daf Kuf Yudal. So the similar Daf Kuf Yudalid is a kitty park. So here it goes. The rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kitty park. Kitty park? That must be more in Daf. The rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kiddie park by way of Rishus Rabim, which reminds us Rav Yitzhak Barbisna once lost his keys to the base midrash in Rishus Rabim on Shabbos. He came before Rabbi Vidas who told him, go bring some young boys and girls to that place and let them play there for if they find the keys, they'll bring them back on their own. The Gemara concludes Rabbi Padas holds, cotton ochel nevelos aim based in mitzuvim la'afrisho. That if a cotton is found eating nevela meat or any other derisive insert, based in is not chayev to separate him from that activity. If Basin were chayv, then Rabbi Padas would not permit the children who found the keys to carry them daladamos in Rishus Arabim. So the rabbi lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kitty park by way of Rishus Arabim, told his son not to extinguish the fire that broke out in the swing set, which reminds us, one must tell a Jewish child that he cannot extinguish a fire on Shabbos since Shvizaso Alem, his resting is the adult's responsibility, and the child would do it al das avi, based on the understanding of what his father wishes. Whereas one does not have to tell an idolater to not extinguish a fire, since his Shvizaso not the Jews' responsibility. And even if the idolater did it because he thought that's what the Jews wanted, it's still not a problem because over Kochadim had died to the nafshi of it. And the idolater always acts according to his own thinking. And Rashi explains that even if the Jew is not aware of the fire, the idolater will put it out knowing that he will receive a reward for doing so. So the rabbi who lost his keys on Shabbos and took his children to the kiddie park by way of Rejus Rabim told the son not to extinguish the fire that broke out on the swing set and assured his daughter that the boy pretending to be shot by an arrow isn't necessarily dead. Which reminds us, in the case of where a man and woman went overseas, when there was peace between them but war in the world, the woman is not believed to say that her husband died. And if you were to suggest that since there is peace between them, then she would not testify until she saw him dead, there's still a concern that she'll have seen him wounded by an arrow or a spear, and she assumes that he must have died when there are times when he can get medical care and still survive. Daf Kuftes Vav, so the similar Daf Kuftes Vav, is a Katoris maker. So here goes. The Katoris maker's wife, Katoris maker, that must be one Daf the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on, where her husband had died, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, If a woman established for us that there was a war in some part of the world, what is the halacha regarding believing her that her husband died in the war? The Gemara attempts to bring a proof from a case where a woman is believed when she says that she and her husband were attacked by idolaters or leased him and her husband was killed. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying the reason we believe her in this case is that she stayed with her husband until he actually died. As Ravidi said, A woman's weapons are always upon her. The Mepharshim explained that it's presumed that the idolaters or bandits will spare her life to have illicit relations with her. Therefore, she could remain with her husband to see that he died and not need to flee like she would in the case of a war. So the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on where 
her husband had died, was approached by two women for perfume, since they smelled like fish from being at sea, where they identified two drowned men. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what's the Lachar regarding an aid Echad, a single witness, who testifies to a husband's death during wartime? The Gemara brings an incident where the wives of Tutacham and Chachamim were permitted to remarry based on the testimony of a woman who saw them drown. Now, since drowning is akin to dying at war, and the testimony of women, even 100 women, is considered like the testimony of one witness, we see that one witness is believed that a husband died at war. The Gemara rejects this answer, saying the situation was where the woman said they brought the bodies up in our presence, and we saw them immediately while they were still identifiable, and they said the simanim, the marks had identified them as the Talmud Therefore, the rabbis did not rely on their testimony, but on the simanim they saw. So the Katoris maker's wife, who said there was a war going on where her husband had died, was approached by two women for perfume since they smelled like fish from being at sea, where they identified two drowned men, who had the exact same names as two other men who were traveling. Which reminds us, Yitzhak Reish Galusa, the son of the sister of Bivi, was going from Kotava to Aspamia when he died. They sent the following message from there. Yitzhak Reish Galusa from Kotava died. The Gemara asks, do we need to suspect there are two Yitzhaks or not? Abai said we must be concerned, and Rabbi says we do not need to be concerned. Daf Kuf So the similar Daf Kuf is a barber giving haircuts. So here goes. The barber, barber, that must be more Daf Kuf Barber giving haircuts. The barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife, which reminds the Mishnah Daf Kufya Dalad Amun Bey stated, If there was conflict between him and her and peace in the world, the wife is not believed to say her husband died when they were overseas. The Gemara here asks, What is considered conflict between him and her? And concludes that it's when she says, You've divorced me in the presence of pony and pony. And when the witnesses are asked, they say, It never happened. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner. Which reminds us what Yudin the Mishnah said regarding a woman testifying that her husband died overseas. She's never believed unless she comes weeping with her clothing torn. The Chamin responded, Whether one woman displays signs of mourning and another does not, they're both believed and are permitted to marry. The Gemara cites an incident with a woman who came to Rabbi Huda's basin to testify that her husband had died. Some rabbis there at the basin told her to show signs of mourning by crying over her husband, tearing her clothing, and disheveling her hair. These were buttoned held like the coming that she's believed without showing signs of mourning. But they knew Rabbi Huda would not permit her to marry unless she showed such signs. So the barber listening to his customer talk about the strife he was having with his wife overheard the judge waiting for a haircut advise a woman on the phone to dress up and look like a mourner and that it was okay her husband died during the olive harvest and not the grain harvest. Which reminds us, the next mission states that Basil said regarding believing a woman who testifies about her husband's death, We have not heard this tradition except in a case where she comes in the grain harvest and in the same country, as were the circumstances in the case which is the basis for this ruling. The Gemara explains that before Basil retracted this ruling, the rationale was that a woman would be afraid to lie in a place where the incident occurred because her testimony could be contradicted by others. Beishamai's reply would be she would still be afraid to lie even where she testifies that he had died in a different country because caravans bringing people from that country are common. Daf Kuf Yud Zayn. So the Simon Daf Kuf Yud Zayn is a Gabai with a set of keys. So here goes. The Gabai's wife. Gabai's wife? That must be on Daf 
Kofi and Zion, Gabai with a set of keys. The Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Baston and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Which reminds us, the Mishnah states regarding to what extent a woman is believed when she testifies that her husband has died. But say, She may marry and collect her ksuba. Rav Nachman said, But if she said, My husband died, Give me my ksuba. We do not give her the ksuba and we do not even permit her to marry. The reason is a date to Kasuba She came to Basin for the purpose of collecting her ksuba. Rashi explains that she had come for a monetary issue, which requires two witnesses. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, My husband, who loved his keys more than me, died. Give me my ksuba. Nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, which reminds us. The next mission of the Daf states regarding testifying that a woman's husband had died, Everyone is believed to testify for her, except her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law's daughter, her tsar, her yavin's wife, and her stepdaughter. Rashi explains that they're not believed since they hate her and intend to cause her harm by lying. The Gemara asks what the halach is with regard to Abbas Chamiya, her father-in-law's daughter from a different wife, and leaves a question unresolved. So the Gabai's wife, who was not permitted to remarry when she came to Basin and said, my husband who loved his keys more than me, died, give me my ksuba, nor was permitted to marry when her father-in-law's daughter testified that he had passed away, was finally permitted to marry when a single witness testified to his death, even though a second one came after and contradicted his testimony. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that if one witness testified saying he died, and based and permitted her to marry on that basis. And then a second witness comes before she remarries and testifies to the contrary. She does not leave her original state of Heter. This is because, as Zula said, Wherever the Torah believes a single witness, it's as though there are two witnesses there. Therefore, even if a second witness comes and testifies to the contrary, the words of one witness are not significant relative to the words of two witnesses. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.